Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to the pungent prose that populates Season 2. This is your host, Jackson Hogan, back to regale you with, well, everything there is to know about alpine skiing. In today's episode, I want to set the table for a bit of advice I've prepared for the deluge of skiers who are returning to our sport after a long absence. Called the Returning Skiers Handbook, it consists of 12 brief explanations about how to go about the re-entry process. My plan in this podcast is to read a snippet of the Returning Skiers Handbook, then elaborate on it extemporaneously. Please bear in mind how frightfully fresh these insights are, as they are being composed on the fly. As is our custom, this podcast is brought to you commercial-free by the extraordinarily insightful souls at realskiers.com. And now, a preview of the contents of the Returning Skiers Handbook. The Returning Skiers Handbook opens with a statement of our premise, which is that there are enough skiers returning to the sport after long absences to qualify as a buyer type. This is a wonderful phenomenon, but not without its perils. As former skiers, returnees have some idea about the lay of the land, but if they haven't skied in over 20 years, just about everything they know has passed its expiration date. Now let's think about that for a minute. If you last skied, say, 15 to 20 years ago, we were in a very different era. We were just coming out of a carving ski period where everything was very narrow in the waist and wide at the tip of the tail. If you were from that period, you knew a term called parabolic a term that fell out of favor, I'd say, roughly 15 years ago. And it's not just your vocabulary that can be out of date, or (laughs) certainly your equipment's going to be out of date, but also your knowledge of what brands are on top of the market, who you think is the coolest, just trying to remember what brand you had. What was your last pair of skis? Your salesman almost always is going to ask you that, because it's a point of curiosity, if nothing else. And it's interesting what people might say. When I was working in Solomon R&D many years ago, we authorized quite a bit of consumer research, which is rather expensive to do, so you don't do a whole hell of a lot of it. But when we would do that research, one of the things we would ask them is what they skied on, to try to get a background of each skier that's being interviewed. And we were surprised when the first uh, results came back, and some 7 to 10% of the skiers said they were on Solomon skis, which would have been fine except that Solomon skis had yet to be made and would not be made for another 10 or 11 years or so. But people who looked down at their skis saw their binding, binding ski, what's the difference? And on the binding would be emblazoned the name Solomon, and they'd remember that. And so they'd associate that with the name of the ski, which was certainly anything else but Solomon. My point being that memory can be fuzzy even on simple matters of what ski you used last. And what you know about the context of the sport, while yes, it's still winter, it's still, God God willing, it's still snow, but so much has changed, not just in terms of vocabulary, but how the market has broken down, how we even choose and select skis. It, but it's not that complicated. If you just come along with us, we can show you the way and prepare the ground for you. It's really pretty simple. It's just that what you used to know about skiing probably doesn't pertain very much to what's going on today. Now, this concise collection of expert counsel that you hold in your hands, the Returning Skiers Handbook, is intended to close this critical information gap. Our focus is not on what to buy. 
I have a website called realsgears.com that'll help you figure out what to buy. Nor is it where to buy. That's the purpose of another project of mine called Jackson's List, which is the top specialty shops in America. But how to buy. A buyer's best defense against a poor choice is quality information, which, despite the proliferation of self-appointed experts of every stripe, is in shockingly short supply. But not to worry. You're in good hands now. Now, let's pause and talk about this for a moment because it's extremely important. For one, I mean, I'm in the advice business. That's what I do. But you may not realize how I go about it. You can read every word of what I have on realskiers.com, or you can read none of it. <laughs> but if you become a subscriber for only $19.95 a year for returning subscribers, or $24.95 a year for you newbies, you get access to me, not to a panel of nudniks, not to a bunch of people who have other agendas that you're unaware of, but somebody who is entirely on your side to guide you to exactly the solution that you're looking for. Now, there's an online service that pretends to do that right now, but you're assigned somebody who is going to do this with you. And I have seen the results of what this online fiasco looks like, and it's not pretty. So what's, what am I going to do that's different? Well, for one thing, I have no skin in the game. I'm not taking a percentage of anything on anywhere. I'm just trying to help people get the best possible care that they can get. That's my concern. Are you really being well taken care of? And you cannot do some of these functions at a distance. And I don't attempt to. I may tell you what I think are good boots to try but I'm never going to tell you that I know what your boot is because I don't have your feet in my hands. So how do I solve the problem? I solve the problem by sending you back to where you should have gone in the first place, but it's not necessarily your fault. I'm not trying to assign blame here, but you should go see a specialty shop. And you may be afraid, ooh, specialty shop sounds really expensive. Specialty shops that are still alive did not manage to survive by charging the maximum allowed by law. There are some shops that do that, but those are not shops on Jackson's list. I can promise you that. A lot of shops that have very, very high-level service also are able to serve virtually every stratum on the spectrum of ski possibilities. The reason you are going to need a specialty shop is because the most critical component in your return to skiing is your new pair of boots. And those boots cannot be fit long distance. I don't care how expert the person alleges to be. And anybody who's alleging to be expert at it at a distance, I would say, has already disqualified themselves as an expert. Any real expert wants to see your feet, bare feet, and be able to examine what they look like. They want to see you from points of view that you're probably not used to looking at, like from behind at your Achilles and whatnot. It's, there is detail to be done here that can only be done by people who are genuine experts. And guess what? If they charge you with what they're worth, <laughs> maybe you wouldn't go worth there, but they undervalue what they do for the most part, and you get fantastic fit for the price of the boot. Got that? In other words, you don't pay any more to get it done right. You pay exactly the same that you get it done completely wrong. So, to recap this part of the rant, it matters enormously where you go to shop. I'll give you guidelines for how to tell whether you're in the right place or in front of the right person or not. There are ways to do that, and we reveal them in the Returning Skiers Handbook. 
So if you want to use the internet to do research, fine. In my experience, most people are not as terrific at figuring out good advice from bad advice on the internet because we have some truly horrible amateur journalism going on in the sort of media void that we're currently in in the ski world. But you are in good hands as long as you're with realskiers.com, and you're in good hands as long as you follow through at the shops that we're going to recommend that you go. And remember, I'm not trying to make another buck this way. I'm just trying to get you into the right hands so that you'll have a great re-entry experience because it makes an enormous difference how well this is done. Now let's go back to the introduction in the Returning Skiers Handbook and look at the first section, which is called Some Basic Guardrails, the first of which is Be Careful Where You Shop, which I've already covered, I think, at sufficient length. But I'd like to go to the second point of the basic guardrails, which is, if you haven't skied in over a decade, the backcountry is probably not the best place to restart. Interest in backcountry skiing is off the charts. Demand for backcountry gear will probably outstrip supply again this year, and there's no indication the party is going to end anytime soon. But backcountry skiing and in-resort skiing are two very different beasts, with non-interchangeable gear and different requirements for preparation, education, and fitness. All skills development should take place in-resort, preferably under professional supervision. Now, let's talk a little bit about the ramification of this bad boy. Backcountry is going off. The demand is through the roof. I, I think in horror about what the backcountry must look like sometimes. It's this long line of refugees <laughs> apparently fleeing into the void because backcountry is probably going to at some point overwhelm uh, the trailheads that you can easily get to in order to engage in backcountry skiing. So keep in mind that it isn't exactly an unlimited paradise that you're looking at here in the backcountry. But I'm not trying to discourage backcountry skiing. Not one bit. I think backcountry skiing is great. I have enormous respect for it. One of the reasons I don't cover backcountry gear is because of that respect. I, I want it to be covered by people who live, eat, and breathe it. And that is all very well and good, but that is not where you begin the ski experience. You need to have some basic skills, or if you go into the backcountry without them or without the necessary education, you are not only a danger to yourselves, you are a danger to literally everyone else who is out there skiing with you in the backcountry. A backcountry is a community of people who take education very seriously because lives are at stake. We lost more people in the U.S. due to avalanche last year than we ever have before. I don't see, unfortunately, that trend changing anytime soon. We won't stop avalanche deaths just by education, but without it, <laughs> there is no hope at all. So take this little part of that education with you for right now. Start your new ski career on peace. And even if your goal is to head into the backcountry, even that first year, you know, I'd say hold on, baby. Depends on how much time and expertise you've got to bring to this party. But if that's your goal, at least rent Alpine gear to get started. You, it doesn't make, you can't mix the two. Yes, there's some hybridization that goes on in boots and in bindings. But to do this seriously, truly seriously, you need backcountry gear that is separate 
from the alpine gear that you use. There are huge problems involved in mixing those things up. Uh, a boot that is one norm for backcountry that goes into an alpine binding is a disaster. Your alpine boot isn't going to go into a pin binding, so that's somewhat of a self-correcting problem. But skiers are very creative, <laughs> and I worry about some of the solutions they may come to on their own. This is another area, by the way, where you need help. You don't need it from realskiers.com. We focus on the in-resort skier and the alpine ski experience. That's our expertise. When you move into the backcountry, you move into another realm of expertise where I would pass you off to someone like, say, Cody Townsend. Remember that name, Cody Townsend. He's a free skiing dude, and he certainly looks rad, <laughs> but I'll tell you, he could be an Ivy League educator when it comes to backcountry gear and backcountry safety. I have enormous respect for what he's doing to educate the public on his YouTube videos which explain a great deal of things which people need to hear if they're planning on going into the backcountry, particularly if they have no prior experience with backcountry skiing. It is a different world, different requirements, and you must respect that. It's very dangerous to underestimate how, just how dangerous out-of-resort skiing can be. And when you're ready, by all means go but do not go uneducated and unprepared. To that point, the third point I raise in the introduction to the Returning Skiers Handbook is take a lesson. Depending on how long you've been an absentee skier, you may need a technique reboot. That may sound daunting, but in fact, with properly selected and fit gear, it won't take long to relearn the basics. Remember, even the best athletes in the world have coaches. They also have chefs and trainers and psychiatrists, but, but they also have coaches for the actual skills that they have mastered. And the best time to get rid of your old bad habits is to rip them out before they can reroute. I don't know if you know how your biology works, but you have the, you certainly know you've heard the term muscle memory, and there's something definitely to that, and it's almost literally that, because your body tries to learn what you're trying to tell it to do, whether it's good information or bad, and it will eventually encode those repeated gestures, whether they're good ones or bad ones. So a lesson at least gets you off in the right direction. If you can find a package where you can take a lesson once every two weeks or whatever, listen, everyone needs to get better. And that's one of the beauties of skiing is that you can constantly evolve. The search for the perfect turn is something that is somewhat elusive, but the chase is also glorious. And you could take it into the woods and into the backcountry. It's a talent that you can take absolutely anywhere you want to go. But if you really want to have freedom, then you must also have the discipline. And you must take a lesson and learn how to do it properly. Ski tool techniques aren't this old, you know, easy to learn 20-year system. You could get the basics down in very short order if you pay attention and you have some sort of kinesthetic sense. The more you ski with better skiers, the better you will ski. But that's not always possible. If you're skiing with a bunch of peers, that's also wonderful. But just try to evolve your technique. And I'm not trying to do it for technique's sake. I'm doing it for safety's sake. When we ski, we ski with others. And when we ski with others, we are responsible for those others. So maintain a safe distance from other skiers. It has nothing to do with COVID. It has everything to do with collisions. If you know someone who's had a serious ski collision, you know how serious this can be. It's the single most important issue in our sport, slope safety. 
And slope safety begins with knowing how to guide yourself down the hill. And there are ways to do it safely, and there are ways to definitely do it unsafely. And it's a benefit not just for you, but for all of your fellow citizens with whom you share the slopes, that you learn the techniques that are necessary. Consider technique to be part of courtesy. Learn in order to be a better skier, and maybe in some small way, a better person. This has been Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Thanks for listening.